0: Are you arachnophobic, dear? No, but you are. Yes, I am. I don't like spiders. I am not good with them. No, um, you're not. I'm fine with these ones, though, even though it's an entire planet of the spiders.
1: Well, they um, might be because they don't really look like spiders. They're just kind of... Oh, they look like spiders. They look like a party <laughs> like city, city pipe cleaner mess. It's, it's, that,
0: it's that they don't move like spiders, because that, that's my problem. My problem with spiders is the way that they move and how fast they move. And these don't move like spiders, because that that's too hard to animate. Um well, puppet animate they were doing. Um P-p-animate. but Planet of the Spiders. Uh the season finale of season eleven. Uh what happens in the episode, dear? Spiders.
1: Yeah. Uh, But first and foremost, we see a man walking through the woods. It's Yates. He's out of uniform because he got fired. Remember, the doctor and the brigadier are Mm -hmm. watching a show and Yates is now in a house. People are chanting in this house. They're very Buddhist. With all the chanting, uh, this fucking mandala map looking thing on the ground lights up and Yates runs away, knocking over a candle. But then there's a mind reader Uh. professor that the doctor came to talk to. And the Alm uh, um brothers decide to leave, but know that it's Yates. So they're like, hmm. But the doctor invites the dude over and that psychic and dudes, I I want to know about ESP. And he's like, but I'm a fake. And they're all like, actually, you're not a fake. You're extremely powerful. And he's like, fuck. And then he lifts the plate across the room and it's also hard and he drops it. Also, everyone apparently yeah. technically has ESP. Uh, um. Another Buddhist yes, is taking I'll, some I'll talking to some dude about things, and he seems rich and shit, and then someone's coming. So Yates went and got Sarah, and they drive off from the train to go to this Buddhist area, and then another person named Tommy that no one likes, uh, and he has a, a learning disability, I think is what we called it,
0: and, and we'll get to it. We'll talk about Yeats... it after, just say it's a learning disability, and we'll talk about it in the episode break. <laughs> Yates thinks the Buddhists
1: are up to something, and they almost crash into a tractor, but it wasn't there. And then the doctor's running tests on ESP, dude. And Briggs like, please don't listen to the story about me fucking some chick. And then they make his thoughts into pictures and recall everything that happened that one time with the doctor. And then Gates and Sarah are listening to Buddhist rhetoric, and also, yes, these powers could be used for evil. Then Benton comes in and goes, "Hi, here's a package. It's addressed to literally anyone." here it's from south america from joe apparently it's the sapphire from metabilis that she sent back which was her wedding present because they thought it was evil and yates is now showing sarah around the meditation room and they're like wow this is boring and they leave and then when they uh, headed to hide in the basement the rich group of men confront them and yates is like let's leave and then apparently the main rich dude is named Lupton and she he knew she was coming for some reason and that's why he sent the tractor after, I, after driving off. <sighs> Yates parks behind the building somewhere so they could secretly walk back to the house. Then Tommy sees them sneak in the window and he wants to play games with them and he's, she's like here have my shiny pin on my jacket go to the base and go away and so they go to the basement and then it's time for the chanting to start again while their paper lights up and the professor is staring into the crystal that joe sent and doing some shit and he's like fucking up everything and then when we take the crystal back he dies so that sucks like actually dies mm-hmm. and then we see after all the chanting is done that a spider appeared and then that's that
0: And then everyone's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Planet of the Spiders, uh, directed by Barry Letts, produced by Barry Letts, written technically by Barry Letts, uh, but mainly written by Robert Sloman. Um, Okay, so this episode initially started out... uh, Robert Sloman was writing an episode called The Final Game, That was intended to be the last story for the master because basically after the last master story, Roger DeGaldo was like, listen, I'm only doing one more of these and then I'm done. Because remember, he was having troubles getting work because everyone just assumed he would be busy working on Doctor Who, so they wouldn't like, you know, go for him. They wouldn't, like, Mm -hmm. think of him for roles. He was like, No, I'm I'm always free. Like, Doctor Who is like it takes up two weeks. Like, it's nothing. Like, please stop assuming I'm always working on Doctor Who. Um, That's a boot. Then, unfortunately, uh, Roger DeGaudo had his fatal car crash. Uh, so that episode got shelved. The main gist of the episode was that um, they wanted to explore the relationship more between the Doctor and the Master. Uh, and it was meant to be uh, initially, and this is non-canon, but it would have been interesting. Um, uh, I mean, it still kind of follows through in, in a sense of uh, the idea was that the two Time Lords would be revealed as parts of the same persona in a way. Um, the Master was the id, and the Doctor was the ego. Um, it was meant to be it was meant to be more uh implied through metaphor rather than like where the same person split uh sort of you know split personality like you're the id, I'm the ego of this one person. Like it was more like. Their type of relationship, like, their their personas led to that type of relationship. Um, and it was meant to lead to a Reichenbach Falls-style uh, mutually destructive act at the end, in which the Master would finally see the error of his ways and sacrifice his life to save the Doctor and the universe. Uh, uh, the sadder and wiser Doctor would move to a more significant step closer to spiritual awakening. Uh, although with a long way to go um, a lot of this comes into other plays but it's kind of puts back into the focus and really emphasizes the fact that this was made in the 70s these stories were written in the 70s where spiritualism is on the rise once again um that makes it sound ominous it's not meant to be uh <laughs> uh you have a lot of western uh, people Uh, looking into things like Buddhism and going off and hippie-type things, but being more spiritually curious within, you know, looking elsewhere other than the standard Christianity that they're accustomed to in their country uh, for most of them. Uh, For others, you know, it's not just all Christians. Atheists, people from other religions, creeds and doctrines as well. But it is sort of, like, a lot of them, a lot of white people had fascination with Buddhism. Uh,
1: I mean, why do you think we still uh, have a fascination with yoga and so on? And so, I forth? mean, yeah,
0: I mean, the, there's the whole thing of like white people are still fascinated with it. So, an easy way, what what was it on the uh, Prashant? I forget his name, uh, Prashant's something on um that Bill Nye Netflix special where he's like, it's the oldest trick in the book, uh, to to uh, make make what you're doing as an ethnic person seem uh, mystical to a white mm-hmm. person, and to get money off them is to slap a Buddha on it, um, yeah, and chant some, chant some, some words, and put some incense on. Um, of course, uh, it's a, a great little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it is that sort of thing. Of white people are pretty fascinated with Buddhism because Buddhism is kind of a a a a, a obvious thing you can point to. Of this is not. Western thinking, quote unquote, Western thinking. Like this is a completely different, like, school of thought of, of like, a view of the world and of life and everything. It's, it's fascinating in and of itself. Like, I'm fascinated by Buddhism. I'm not like the type of person to put Buddhas and, you know, symbols of Buddhism around my house because you know, I'm not Buddhist. I You're just also find the not concept really of religious in the first place. Yes, yeah, so I'm not religious in the first place. Instead, I put images of anime characters around my house. The true gods. <laughs> um, the true gods. Yusuke from Persona Five. <laughs> um, so back in the real world, though, uh, when this episode was made, Planet of the Spiders, because again, unfortunately, Roger DeGaldo died, so the original episode was shelved. Um, <clears throat> Robert Sloman came back to write this story which Barry Letts had more or less uh, written like the plot stage of it of like where he wanted it to go and what he wanted it to be about uh, so Solomon got sole credit for it because again the BBC uh, would only let BBC rules meant Barry Letts could only be director or producer or writer writer he could maybe get away with if he did one per year but he'd already done one um so th- he was like okay Robert Sloman gets it I'll just do a basic treatment um And then, so that's why we have this sort of Buddhist overtones that are very overt in this episode. Uh, Because as we've discussed previously, Barry Letts was absolutely fascinated by Buddhism and spiritualism as a whole. Uh, And so he wanted to reflect that. And uh, there's no way of getting around it. I kind of have to spoil the, the... the point of the episode to talk about it because we need to talk about this in the beginning mm. um uh the fact that this is a regeneration episode uh the doctor does regenerate and so they wanted uh so of course barry let's you think about it like you go okay how would barry let do a regeneration episode and it's like well considering his fascination with buddhism say, and spiritualism, like do that exactly it's the kind of thing of like if i everything i've told all of you about barry let so far it's like okay now he's doing a regeneration episode you're gonna most likely go it's got something to do with buddhism or incredibly influenced by it and yep it is um which leads to uh characters which we'll talk about in the next one um being in this episode, who are portrayed in certain ways and by certain actors, um, but there's also this character of Tommy, who in the episode ha- is portrayed as having a a learning disability of sorts. He is uh, there are kind ways that the wiki uh, refers to him, but to be brutal, brood- to, to be completely honest, I don't know if it's it's kind of an offensive way to to talk about him the way that the wiki does. I mean, it's not a slur, obviously, but, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it is an intellectual disability that he has, a uh, learning disability, where he is portrayed as uh, not knowledgeable, unable to uh, retain knowledge, unable to learn things, it's sort of a childlike wonder and and level of intelligence about the world, um, which in the beginning is not, terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. It's not as bad as, you know, some depictions have been. It gets... It missteps in some serious ways, like what Sarah says. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about his character really quickly and spoil what happens with his character, because I need to talk about it now, because it's kind of unavoidable. Um, He's kind of integral to the plot, in a way, because he the The entire point of this story is uh they view regeneration as a a v going to the next stage of life uh sort of letting go and and in order to regenerate in this one, the doctor needs to let go of his greed the things that are holding him back in 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 his life um and so. It's you have this reflected in other characters. You have um, you have the Doctor uh, coming to terms with uh, you know he's been just des- described as the ego and letting go of his greed in order to regenerate. Um, you have uh, it's it's kind of overtly stated that Mike Yates uh, the thing that's keeping him alive and saves him from dying in in the end is this notion of. Um, his compassion. Um, uh, the other thing as well is Tommy is, it's believed that he has this innocence about him, this innocence, um, which they kind of, it, they're not saying his innocence is his intellectual disability, but it's more because of his intellectual disability, he has this innocence about him. He is a, a an uncorrupted human, untainted by... Uh, the world he is uh, unaware of the world because he he's struggled to perceive it and mainly the episode kind of unintentionally says as well and proves the fact that it's not just him that's been unable to perceive the world it's that the world's been unwilling to accommodate for him in any sort of sense like he lives in a uh his bedroom is in a cupboard under the stairs uh, any time he speaks to characters in this they always write him off they don't uh really pay attention to him they're kind they're, they're kind to him they have some patience for him but they don't have patience for him as a person they don't think of him as a person they think of him as an object in the way um and so his innocence is what saves him in the end because he uh has this strong sense of what's right and wrong based on what he knows and halfway through the episode, he, uh, through magic, let's just say for now, um, he uh, his mental capacity expands, and he starts. He, 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 the way they actually do it is actually kind of charming in a way of like they don't. Uh, it's not offensive in like uh, a like the best part is he's by himself for the entire thing there's no other characters like guiding him through it it's him exploring the world again on his own uh with this with the ability to have his mind expanded because of this magic essentially so there's a scene of him going through a library reading all of these books reading this poetry and he's able to actually read it because before he was struggling to learn how to read still because his mother was teaching him apparently. But again, considering the way everyone else treats him in the story, it's kind of implied that his mother is not, has patience for him, but not as much patience to accommodate for him and his intellectual disability. Um, So he's reading these books and he's uh, appreciating this poetry and everything. And he's, cause the main thing is he has a limited vocabulary, so when he sees things he likes, he calls them pretty. Uh, but there's a, a really sweet moment where he's reading this book and he's reading this poetry and he just says, that's pretty, and he says, no, it's it's beautiful. Um, so he's, he's he's sort of, uh, his mind is growing as he's going through this and he's realising that he's had this sort of uh, this disability his whole life. Um, and they, that's when the episode stops being good about Tommy And they kind of just drop it all, and we get some um, not absolutely terrible things, but the one time a character acknowledges that Tommy has gone through this sort of metamorphosis is Sarah. She goes, whoa, Tommy, um, you're cured. You're normal Um, now. You're normal now. And it's like, that's no, no, that's not no yeah Um, no
1: that's not how that works because
0: and here's the thing It, it if you don't understand it implies that uh having an intellectual disability or something like that is abnormal to an extent of there is something wrong with with you that needs to be fixed and the thing is that's not how it works and that's not how people work um it's, that's probably the most offensive thing that happens to his character, but the writer himself, uh, Robert Sloman, uh, down the track, uh, he regretted it completely. Uh, he sort of says, um, uh, with all the things he's included, uh, especially the, the Buddhist thought sort of overarching the entire episode, uh, and, you know, the doctor breaking into Tibetan and talking. Um, He later admitted to regretting uh, the patronising way Tommy had been treated in his script, uh, and found the scene where he's, quote, cured of both learning difficulties and a West Country accent, which, if you notice, his accent does kind of change. It's not an intentional thing, it's an unintentional thing, because Sergeant Benton's actor was actually helping him learn how to act, because the actor who played Tommy, this was like his first role, uh, Mm -hmm. second or so role. So he actually hadn't had much experience acting, Um, but yeah, the 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 writer on reflection of the episode, he's like, this is deeply uncomfortable to like watch and look back at. Which yes, it is, it is incredibly uncomfortable to look back at and uh, and experience. So um, it's not the worst thing in this episode, um, but it or in Doctor Who as a whole. But it is important to talk about it. Uh, We'll talk about the other elephant in the room um, uh, in the next episode break well, well we'll give it a bit of a breather what happens in episode 2 dear uh well the spider talks
1: and says would you like some power let me bite you bite your ass and instead just jumps on his back and then the testing machine apparently recorded the dead professor's thoughts and they were all spiders um so there's that and then Sarah goes off to tell the doctor what the fuck happened And Yates just wants to talk to the abbot instead. By the way, the spider is still on the dude's back and he's invisible and their minds are merged and the spider really wants the crystal back that the doctor stole. And the brig gets upset about the spiders they saw and don't understand. Meanwhile, the doctor looked in the crystal and only saw his old teacher. The Tommy uh, neat, nearly beats up Yates before asking for Yates' necklace as a distraction and walks away. Sarah gets back, tells him... Uh, and he doesn't care until she says the word spider and he's like what what were you saying i fucking i wasn't listening and Mm -hmm. loopy goes to find the doctor and talk to him and the mental uh, and mentally electrocute somebody and then the 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 crystal apparently can affect the mine and shit and make you think strong and then the spiders want it back but there were no spiders when the doctor was there Lipton sneaks and sees the crystal and talks to the spider for a bit, and then the crystal just teleports away. And the Doctor and Sarah go, oh, fuck, and then chase him down to try to get it back. And the Brig tries to shoot him, but he steals the Doctor's fucking weird car, so they take Bessie instead. Doctor gets in a one-man plane for some reason to follow the car. There's a long-ass chase that takes up fucking 90% of this goddamn episode, including, like, a cop and a boat and shit and it, mm-hmm. it's a lot and and a hydrofoil and then basically they're in boats and a hydrofoil and he jumps in, the doctor jumps into his boat and he's not there anymore that's weird it's pretty much the whole episode there's there's nothing else about it
0: yeah it's a really quick episode and there's kind of a reason why the, why the chase scene lasts as long as it does um to put it bluntly, Robert Sloman didn't really know how to write it, and uh, it was kind of more Barry Letts being like, "Okay, write this," and he's like, "How do I fit this chase scene into this whole like message and like uh, underlying like point of Buddhist Buddhist theory and Buddhist doctrine that you're wanting me to do with this script? Like, how the fuck does a car chase fit into this Barry?" Um, to which the response was, uh, "Just do it." Uh, so he just did a wrote the chase. He basically just sort of went like Barry's chase scene. Insert it here. Um. Uh, which is why the chase scene is basically just written down as uh insert ten minute chase scene here. Um. Uh, another fun little fact for you, dear. Uh, hmm. the walking spider puppet that they have. Yeah. Uh, it's called Boris. Okay. They called the spider Boris. Uh, well, the I... reason why they gave it a name. Uh, was because they actually appeared, the, the puppeteer, and appeared with it on many children's programs uh, to give tips to young model makers, etc. And also to reassure people that it was actually a model and not real. Because, okay, on DVD and Blu-ray, it looks incredibly fake. But, mm, gotta remember, 70s quality TV, and the size of the TV, it would have looked pretty real to children. um, uh so they had to reassure people that it actually was fake and not a real spider um, especially with Elizabeth Sladen who was not good with spiders at all uh, uh, John Pertwee uh, took steps to make her get on with the job by like showing her the workings of the puppet and making her touch each of the model spiders to like try and put it in her mind of like this is not a real spider this is not a real spider, this is not a real spider um, that sort of thing um they were made in house, but operated by uh, people outside the BBC. Um, uh, uh, the 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 puppeteers who did this uh, also did uh, puppets for Barry Letts' future production of Pinocchio, uh, which supposedly outraged parents, apparently, uh, because it stuck to the book and was not Disney. It wasn't the Disney Pinocchio, it was the book mm-hmm. Pinocchio, which upset parents because the book Pinocchio is a lot more. Um. Wolf. <laughs> Violence. Among other things. Among other things, yeah. Uh, I mean, most fairy yeah, tales, that's...
1: the original
0: books are fucking. True, a true. A lot. But yeah. Uh, what happens in the next episode, dear? Uh, more spiders, mostly.
1: Anyway, Lupton made it back home and Tommy saw it and also the sapphire and he's like, I want that. And the council of spiders need to bring the crystal back to the planet. They also want to conquest Earth. It's their rightful home or some shit. Luppy tries to run away and the spider puts him to sleep and teleports away. Uh, The doctor and crew try to tell Luppy on the abbot he doesn't believe him, and now Luppy is asked to stop doing their shit, and he's like, no, I want to be promoted at my job at sales. Meanwhile, Tommy reaches to get the pie crystal, sorry, the crystal from the window and steals it and puts it in a box of shiny things. And the spider now can fully control Luppy, but also he can control it back, because haha, bitch. So let's split the power. Uh, Let's get the crystal. Wait, it's gone. Uh, Tommy goes to Sarah and goes, look, I have a present for you. Come with me. And she's like, all right, I guess. And Luppy's upset the crystal's gone. Spider will kill them if they figure out they lost it. So time to bluff. Tommy, of course, lives under the stairs. Sarah gets to eavesdrop on Luppy. And then he tries to come back and give her the crystal. And she's like, shut up and go find Yates. Bye. And then he gets to the doctor and tells them they're in the cellar before Sarah sees Luppy disappear into the cellar. Sarah having stood on the mandala, uh the fucking I said Mandalay because they they said it weird is now on Metabilis for a bit. The doctor's on.
0: <laughs> Yes. She's standing on India.
1: Yeah. Uh the doctor is gonna take the TARDIS to go there. there's a whole bunch of retro cavemen here, like in 70s ass jackets, uh and shit, with like fur on the inside. <clears throat> And they're like, let's kill the fuck out of her. And then they are stopped. Wait, why did I say India? It's not India. Yeah. It, Sorry. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, a horn starts to sound, and then they're like, okay, hide. We don't want to die. Despite it's the Spider Queen followed by her fanny pack army. And he's like, dude, your guard struck my guard, so he's got to die. But then this old man comes up, and he's like, no, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it in his place. And then they see Sarah being a fucking idiot and looking through the door, so she walks outside to protect the villagers instead. And then the doctor shows up and is very respectful to the spider lady, but then they want to take him for questioning, and he has a fight while Sarah, quote-unquote, escapes slash hides. She just kind of puts a scarf on, honestly. And then the doctor is shot dead, probably. That's,
0: that's it. Yeah, the Doctor's dead now. Um, and it's only three-episode story. Uh, that's it. Uh, he doesn't regenerate. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Choji. Um, oh, Jesus, fuck. Okay. I've mentioned in the past that Doctor Who has a... Complicated relationship with the way it... P- depicts uh racial minorities and other ethnicities mm-hmm. um we've already discussed the sort of um we've we, we sort of discussed the 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 sort of aspect of a, a a black man in say the tomb of the Cyberman where the character there is a is a good character, but the problem is there's the uh, unfortunate fact that the character is kind of mute and is, for all intensive purposes, like a servant character uh, and is the Mm. muscle um, sort of playing into stereotypes still, even though it's not an intentional, well, it's... The, the problem is, because it was the 60s, the fact that it wasn't an intentional sort of uh, racist depiction doesn't mean shit, because it needs to intentionally not be a racist depiction, especially back then, for it to not be, you know, oof, yikes, that ain't it, Chief. Um, The weird thing that always gets me is that in Doctor Who... In earlier seasons in the 70s, we had episodes about that featured uh, Chinese characters and Asian characters in general that were played by actual Asian actors. And, like, they that was mainly due to remember the director saying, I don't want yellow face in this episode, it not because it's racist, but because you know it. Like looked awful. You could never believe that it was an actual Asian person under there. It was always—it's very obviously a white person in under a lot of makeup doing an accent. Um, yeah. No. Unfortunately, there are two two specific depictions that come to mind that we're going to run into that we're going to need to talk about Doctor Who's relationship with. Uh, specifically Asian characters. Um, The first one is this one. Uh, The second one uh, we'll probably talk about in about half a year or so. (laughs) Um, But this one especially is bad because Choji, the character, is played by a white man, an Australian, in fact, Um, uh, (laughs) and he has a small amount of makeup applied to him to make him look more Tibetan. Uh, He doesn't have his eyes taped back or anything. It is purely just colouring his skin. Not that that's me saying, like, it's not that bad, but I'm trying to tell you what it specifically is that they did. Um, Yes, they they make up to darken his skin somewhat and colour it more um, to make him appear more, quote-unquote, Tibetan. And he is putting on an accent... It's not a uh Mickey Rooney uh really, really, really overtly stereotypical accent, but it is the sort of subtle um quote unquote uh Asian accent that a lot of white people would put on uh and when they're doing a stereotype of an Asian person. Um it's It's, it's uncomfortable once you notice it, because it's like, uh, why? Um, but it is that sort of thing of, um, Doctor Who does not have a good relationship with, with race. Like it was, to say it was a product of its times is not an excuse because yeah, there were other places, other things doing the exact same, I mean, fucking Monty Python did the exact same thing. Um, but it's it's it, it's more a indication of the fact that Doctor Who had a long way to go, and it's not perfect. And they were incredibly progressive in certain areas, such as you know women's rights and the rights of workers. And I mean that is all chalked up to having a communist on the writing staff for most of the time and having a lot of very left-leaning people in charge of production. But in regards to this, it's because it was mainly a predominantly white production, which (gasps) says something when Doctor Who has historically had behind the scenes a fairly diverse cast for the 60s and 70s of television production. Um, But... Yeah, it's, it it never, they never had that full transition to, you know, a, a overtly progressive show, um, or even just, you know, not having yellow face, or not having, when having non-white characters on the show, not, you know, stereotyping them, um, but that is an unfortunate Fact of these episodes, you can't go back and change them. All you can do is point them out, critique them, not accept it, but um, sort of accept that you can't change what's already been there. Um, And it's the sort of thing of it's accepting it and
1: and agreeing to do, accepting that you did it and being like, "Fuck, I fucked up." it's accepting that it's happened and fixing it and doing better.
0: It's that sort of accepting it. It's not the kind of, well, it just happened, so get over it. Because, no, it is incredibly offensive. Um, this isn't the most offensive one, though. The one that we're going to have to talk about, uh, The Talons of Wang Chiang, uh, is regarded as one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever written, and I agree, but also it is deeply, deeply problematic. Um, I Outright racist in a lot of ways. Um to the point where when it was shown and sold overseas to Canada, uh, they refused to buy it, um, because of protests, uh, and certain other countries as well refused to buy the episode and air it in their country because it was so deeply offensive. Oh, um, no. we'll get to that though in, uh, a few weeks. I'm off the top of my head around about 20 weeks or so. We'll get to that. That is um, not That's a few- going to be an interesting discussion. Um, that is the only episode on streaming sites that, of Doctor Who, that has a actual content warning on it, um, which says something when there's like, you could have content warnings for some of the stuff in other episodes, but if like, that's the only one with a content warning, um, it, it, it's a doozy, um, and it's hard to talk about because, again, it's one of the most highly regarded episodes by a lot of people, so, um criticizing it and criticizing its relation with race uh tends to not make people happy anyway speaking of making people happy what happened in the next episode dear fuck off
1: that's not how you make me happy and you know it
0: i make you happy by getting to the end of the episode and we're nearly at the end of the episode
1: yes seeing that sarah ran away they captured the doctor take him with them. Everyone tells Sarah that the doctor is dead, and she's like, No way, he's alive. All the rich men of Luppy's crew just want to run away and go to the police because Luppy's fucking crazy. Tommy is listening in on them, but then apparently was just trying to read her some shit. I don't know. And he leaves. And then the main. Crew- uh, Queen comes in and goes, look, don't fucking fight me. I'm a spider. Don't be a treasonous bitch. Give me the crystal. Cave spider politics. Uh, Tommy is trying to read, but the crystal keeps making weird fucking noises and glowing. And then, oh, he died. Wait, no, actually, he can read perfectly and speak perfectly now. And he... Sarah doesn't know what uh-huh. to do, but everyone really starts starts a, a fucking fight. The doctor won't wake up. And then there's a machine in the TARDIS that can help him. Please go get it. Sarah is found by Luppy, and one of the retro cavemen want to help her, and then out goes to pick up a brick to beat the shit out of him, but then there's this weird switch they find instead, uh, while Sarah's taken, And, and the cavemen are just like, what? And give it to the doctor, and then there's a noise and fire shoots out of his fingers before nothing else happens, and then Tommy is now having a reading marathon, and the Luppy crew are now beating the fuck out of Yates and kidnapping him. (laughs) The doctor's also awake, Sarah's also awake, and gonna be eaten. Retro Cavemen are upset the doctor isn't doing anything, just eating soup. And then we get a bunch of backstory about settlers and how the spiders killed most of them for eating too much food. The doctor is testing pebbles to find a stone that can reflect the spider powers and then Retro Grandpa and Sarah mm. are trying to get out of the spider webs, and the Doctor comes in to save her. And then Lumpy also tries to get him fucking killed, but then is dragged off and taken to- and, and then the Doctor's <laughs> taken to Sarah's area, and she's just like, oh, you're here to save me! Fuck! And then that's- Yeah.
0: I, I thought you said Lumpy, and I was like, what's the fucking Wookiee from the Star Wars Holiday Special doing in this episode? <sighs> anyway, um, so uh, Roger Galdo unfortunately had passed away. Um, as I was looking into the cast for this episode to you know see who was who and mm. see if <laughs> double check that I was right that it was a white man playing Choji. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, when I read into it. Um, one of the spider's voices, uh, was um. Roger DeGaldo's uh, widow, uh, Kismet DeGaldo. And I was like, oh, that's curious. Um, it, And then I read about it and I was like, oh, that's incredibly depressing. Um, so the life insurance for Roger DeGaldo was unfortunately a shambles since because he died in an unlicensed taxi, uh, his widow was left in terrible financial situation. Um, John Pertwee and his wife uh, had taken care of some of the problem. uh. For her to help out, but also Barry Letts wanted to help out more, so he actually arranged an a, an actor's equity card for her, uh, so she could play um, the the role of some of the one of the voices of the spiders, um, and so she would have some money coming in uh, while the legal holdups were still you know happening. Um, so that that's why she's a, a spider in this. Essentially, is um a, a way to help her out on her feet. Get back on her feet, um, which you know is is nice. Um, in better better news, um, it's been alleged that Planet of the Spiders led to a nationwide outbreak of arachnophobia, but um, the source on that is rather dubious, uh, and it's kind of kind of more attributed to like the whole uh like christians christian pressure groups being like tv is bad see it's it's my my all these people are getting arachnophobia and are scared of spiders now because the tv made them scared of spiders like that sort of thing um uh although uh (laughs) they did get letters um from angry buddhists uh they had written letters uh which Barry Letts responded to rather condescendingly, uh, which is kind of why this episode has a tongue-in-cheek name of Buddhism 101. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it's the kind of thing of, like, yeah, Barry Letts has an interest in Buddhism, but he himself does not not come from a a culture of Buddhism. Uh, He more adopted it himself, and... It's like, okay, buddy, um, stop, <laughs> so what happens in the next episode, dear?
1: um, well, uh seeing, hold on, wait, no. I, I almost read the last episode the spiders are now know that the crystals on earth still and also the queen is trying to be overthrown because of course but she stops the shit for now the spiders couldn't take the crystal before the doctor because they arrived later than the spiders or than the doctor uh and then too bad sarah is gonna be taken and eaten by the spiders now and then the retro caveman is like i gotta go fight and help and then the doctor breaks fury and goes to rescue sarah who's talking about a single spider who's her friend and then she doesn't agree with the console and we should invade earth yo also maybe peace and then they wanted to go get her get back the blue crystal in return for releasing everyone Luppy's crew still has yates tied the fuck up but they want to try to talk to Luppy again maybe using the mandala to do it yates is like you need five people i'll help and then they don't want to trust the queen or the spider or the humans, and they make Lo- Loopy have a headache. And then Tommy is having trouble with some words, but he's learning um, some fucking astrophysics or some shit. And then we go talk to Yates about what happened, but learns that shit is in the cellar. And then we have a full-on flashback and a remix of talking about the cellar. Oh. And then he decides to go talk to the abbot, who also and also hides the crystal... The Doctor, having followed Sarah's screams, walks into an illusion of the Great One for no real reason, and he can't really see him, but the crystal is a perfect power, whatever, and they need it a whole lot, so instead she just makes the Doctor walk around in circles. Meanwhile, Luke B. Crew is doing the mandala circle thing, and spiders go to him. Uh, and Loopy is watching this the entire time, but the spiders are showing up, like, slightly to the left of them, so they can't be seen, and they're like, THIS ISN'T WORKING! Tommy tells the abbot shit, and is not questioning anything, and just goes down to the cellar, and he's very upset with everyone, and then almost gets killed by a spider, as well as Yates, and then Tommy comes down to see the spiders attack, and that sucks. So Sarah plans to escape and takes the doctor's hand and poofs off somehow uh while the and, and- the retro caveman attack and then Sarah apparently just got taught how to fucking teleport and runs into the TARDIS and she's like let's go and then apparently the loopy crew has a whole bunch of spiders on their back now TARDIS swoops in they get attacked Tommy gets attacked but he's fine Sarah words something fucking badly and then they run away that's when she's like "Eh, you're you're perfect and normal now (laughs) um Time to... I'm sorry, my brain literally just wanted to throw up, and that's just how it came out. Uh, to yeah, I was about to o- <laughs>
0: say, it sounded like your brain just <laughs> wanted to throw up, then. A
1: little bit. Time to wake up the old Tibetan white man and talk to him. And at this point, I was like, I'm assuming something, but that's a spoiler. And then... Um, he admits, the doctor admits that he stole a sapphire, and they don't really call it a sapphire during this, even though they called it that uh, in the first fucking whatever. <laughs> Tommy outside yeah. guards the door and the spiders from the crew, and he's apparently so fucking intimidating that they all just kind of back up and shoot lightning at him. Tommy also knows self-defense, crop, maga bullshit, but they electrocute him, and then that's it. That's that- it. Yeah. Um,. Listen, I'm still f- trying to figure yeah. out how I want to trans transfer from one episode to another. Part, whatever. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you're trying, and that's what matters. It's it's really hard. Um So, okay. Episode six is really fucking weird in that it kind of starts about five or so minutes before episode five ended Uh, that's because they initially were going to do more with um, uh, the CSO with the scene of the doctor talking to giant spider Um, but it looked fucking awful and they had to cut the scenes so they were like we've got to re-edit this to look better (laughs) um uh, so they basically decided to instead uh, edit in scenes from Episode Five again and try and uh, uh, try and try and make it cohesive and fit time wise and make it a little bit more tense. Uh, it doesn't. It's more annoying when you're watching them back to back. It's like I've already seen this. Like, come on, next bit, next bit, next bit. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. FRUSTRATING! Um... Uh... Uh... uh oh, that's a spoiler, we're not going to talk about that. Um... So... Initially, when when Clegg, in the first episode, the clairvoyant dude who's... uh, dies, uh, he holds up the sonic screwdriver and has images appear on the... Uh, machine, the art machine. Uh originally they were going to use footage from the Green Death where the Doctor uses his sonic screwdriver, but they decided to use the Drashigs from Carnivals and Monsters instead, because they thought it'd be more scary. Um, which I guess. Um <laughs> uh, s- sorry, I just looked at one of the like facts that are like written in this list that I have. And one mm-hmm. of them is just incidental music exists in part two. It's like, y- yes. Thank you. Um, they, there is a, a, a similarity in Tommy's story to the, supposedly the protagonist of the, fl- of the novel Flowers for Algernon. Um,
1: yeah, I remember it that is book. kind
0: of a similar story. However, the, the protagonist of that story later, spoilers, suffers a regression of intelligence, whereas Tommy's intelligence is permanent and doesn't have any drawbacks whatsoever. Um... Uh, it's it's kind of a like because they they have him they have him read certain quotes from certain things that are like a little bit more tongue in cheek about it all, um, but, uh, thankfully, uh, this is one of the only episodes to feature giant spiders. Um, unfortunately, the next one that does feature spiders was made in like 2018, 2019, and I don't like watching that one, because they actually animated spiders. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not fun at all. <laughs> um, uh, but also, apparently, the the spider that named Boris was named after the Who's song Boris the Spider. That's why it was called Boris, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Um, uh, also, Robert Sloman himself was uh, arachnophobic, not just Elizabeth Sladen. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's a lot. <laughs> what happens in the next episode part?
1: <laughs> the crystal will be how they apparently are going to take over the universe. Also, uh, the the abbot dude, not the abbot, the like up higher, whatever.
0: He has Abbott. it.
1: Yes. No God. Uh, Tommy <laughs> brought it. Sarah, fuck that guy. Oh, no. Sarah's Greg obviously... got the sapphire. <laughs> uh, Sarah is obviously. Fuck! He's got a spider on his back, dear. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, fuck. Sarah is obviously taken over by the Queen Spider and electrocutes the doctor uh, to work for f- free. They worked to you, Sarah using the crystal in a very awkward position, like, right by his dick for some fucking reason. The queen spider gets <laughs> fucking murdered while Tommy is outside, also not getting murdered. And then the Luppy crew makes a circle to use more power. And the doctor admits, like, yeah, I was a greedy piece of shit. This is my fault. Also, realizing who the fuck the guy is, he's like, oh, shit, you're my Time Lord friend, bro, dude. Also, the abbot is a fake projection of this dude, sort of, but also it's him also meanwhile getting who is meanwhile getting gates at this exact moment the spiders are sending down power to their family and Luppy is like what the fuck and then he has a moment of a nap before telling the doctor uh he knows what to do already and he's like no i don't want i'm scared and he's like well then do it and the Luppy crew have powered up and finally kind of killed Tommy. But actually, Yates takes the shot and I guess maybe is dead. But the doctor is teleported away it over to the TARDIS. Also, the guy old guy gets killed. Uh, shwoop off and the retro caveman just kind of drag him straight to the spider console. And the doctor's like, I, I'm just going to give it to the great one. like And they're like, oh, my God, great one. And he's like, all right, bye. Uh, That's Luffy great. Muffy gets angry that the spiders are all superstitious and instead and he says the spider word he gets himself killed because they don't like that which is fucking (laughs) hilarious which is fucking hilarious for an episode that has yellow face can I just mention Um, but he turns it uh, (laughs) am I wrong I mean no I guess not Uh, but he turns to him and he's like, he's now regenerated, of course. And he's like, I'm young now. And then the doctor has made it to the cave and he's like, just make fucking peace. And he's like, no. And she really wants to finish the crystal web above her head so she can learn all the things. And he's like, no, it's a feedback loop. You're just going to kill yourself. And she's just like, nah, takes a crystal, sticks it in and then just dies Uh, freeing everybody, freeing the crew, Sarah's sad about the Doctor having died, apparently, because it's been three weeks now. Uh, they talk about regenerating, of course, and then, too bad, when he walks out from the TARDIS, he just dies and doesn't regenerate. And they have an extremely fucking emotional moment before he actually fucking dies. And then the Abbott dude shows up and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" He's not dead. He's gonna regenerate. Bye. And then they f- he like force starts the regeneration and disappears. And then oh god, here we go again. There he's regenerating.
0: That's it. That's all there is. Good. Goodbye, John Pertwee. Hello, Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. The-, the 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 one doctor that everyone basic bitches say is their favorite (laughs) no uh Tom Baker is really 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 good um uh there are specific reasons why and we'll get into them when we talk about his episodes but uh I want to ask you two questions dear um one how'd you like the episode
1: like a like a six I guess I just I (laughs) I didn't
0: if, if it was it, edited down to, like, a, 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 a four-episode, like, you cut yeah, out no. the chase scene, you cut it make it 100% shorter, be you cut out, a four like, episode. episode six. There's yeah. no reason why it was It could was have been, and long. it should have been. <sighs>
1: but, but, yeah, like, I don't but, know, I okay. was kind of bored by it, but at the same time, like, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't mm. great. Yeah, it... it, it yeah.
0: It has its moments, but yeah, there are parts of it where it's just like, this is being held back from being a really, really good episode right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, second question that I kind of want to ask you, now that we've watched all of the third Doctor's uh, episodes, what do you think of him and his era?
1: I actually find him really annoying as a Doctor because he's so childish if
0: i'm honest he is very childish but it's the kind of childish where they don't challenge it or uh make fun of it or like um you know have problems happen because of it it's more just like oh boys will be boys kind of thing and it's like come on you could do something really good here like you could have like uh companions have more agency uh, or have, be more involved in the story by, like, hey, he's too childish to do something or listen to the companion, so the companion just does it themselves and actually does it instead of, you know, the, com- the doctor doesn't listen, so the companion, because uh, he's being childish, so the companion goes and uh, tries to do the thing by themselves and they uh, get trapped and need help by the doctor. The doctor comes and tells them off for doing it by themselves, but haha, it's okay. I should have listened to you. It's like, yeah, you should have fucking listened. Like, those are, that's actually my big gripe with the third Doctor as well, it's like, I like him, but they could have done so much more with, like, his childish nature, but they just accept it, and it's like no, you could there is, like, there are moments where they called out him being childish, and it's great, but then they don't follow through with it, and it's like, come Mm. on lazy lazy, lazy, lazy but yeah I I I'd ask you the same of the first and second Doctor, but we we haven't watched all of them yet, and I kind of want to want you to look at them after we've w- looked at other Doctors as well. Which I, we're gonna go I back mean, to the first and second Doctor because there's more episodes that are gonna be released because they're being reanimated. It is, it
1: is amusing how long you think we'll do this podcast for. Anyway, um, I mean, like the first Doctor, he's not bad he's kind of annoying sometimes with how easily he gets like well no i want to do it this way i'm a grumpy old man and it's like fuck the, you the sort of like You're just my dad the time fuck off
0: stoic yeah no, the sort of all the my time dad. stoic patriarch <laughs> of no it's that that sort of the the stoic stubborn patriarch and it's like well you have to do what he says he's in charge he's mm-hmm. he's the man in charge it's that sort of error um <sighs> which yeah is again uh frustrating but and doctor who has had a chance to uh confront that um in parts where they've included the first doctor outside of his era um and they don't they instead go Oh, he was a misogynistic piece of shit. And yep. it's like, he had elements of misogyny to him, but he wasn't, like, he... he. It wasn't of his nature as a character to be, like, women are a uh, second class. It was of his nature to have the of-the-time elements of, it is a woman's job to do this. It is a man's job to do this. And there are elements within his episodes where they call that out. Like, there are times when, like, there is a specific episode that we haven't even gotten to yet, which is uh, an episode I desperately want them to recreate, uh, called Galaxy 4, where there is essentially a, um, a a a task force of uh, deadly women, essentially. Uh, Mm. And it's kind of, kind of a, a, you could argue it's a women's rights, group-type deal. Anyway. um, um It's great, but Planet of the Spiders, it's,
1: it's, it's well, a decent episode. It's got say, some stuff in it. I was going to say really fast, just to also add to that, because I was talking about the first and second Doctor. I like oh, the, yeah, second yeah, the second doctor, doctor, but he comes off as an actual idiot sometimes, and I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Yes, he does come across as an idiot sometimes, um, which... Is, is unfortunate because it's like you could do something with that you could have like the kind of character that is acting stupid but is really in control which um, uh, i think future the biggest... doctors actually are like
1: yeah i think the biggest thing for me was thinking back to him the thing that annoyed me extremely is like it's the first or second episode after he regioned and he was just sitting there playing the fucking recorder not saying a goddamn word throughout the entire yeah. epi- beginning of the episode to them and they're like asking him questions and asking for help and he was just like was just like are you you're just an asshole at that point
0: well that was <sighs> that was that was just you know lingering bits of the first doctor staying um mm. uh, but yeah it's 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 interesting um yeah the future iterations of the doctor play off that sort of acting dumb or you know uh sort of acting unaware but really they're in control or really they are sort of just intentionally kind of putting off an air of unintelligence because it intentionally puts people off um Mm. the fourth doctor especially is good at that and he has a lot of great Great. bits with that sort of thing great
1: um but spiders
0: uh so spiders don't like them spiders is an episode Don't mind it. (laughs) Uh, I don't like it, but I don't mind it. Eh. Yeah. Next episode. Nice and simple. Robot.
1: Is that seriously just its
0: title? Robot. That's Uh... it. It's Robot. Not the Robot. Not a Robot. Just Robot. It's good. It's gonna be fun. Uh We're gonna find a Robot. Robot. Mm Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye.